The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to Psalm number 2, we'll begin our reading with verse 7 after a word of prayer and begin looking at the psalm's prophetic insight as we gain a view of the Lord denoting the position of God's Son. Father, help us now, I pray in Jesus' name, to glorify your dear Son and hold him in the highest regard, reverencing his position at the right hand of the Father, and, Lord, looking for his position enthroned as the King of heaven and earth and over hell. I pray now in Jesus' name, amen and amen. We closed off Last time together, stating in verse 6 that God's purpose will not be disturbed. Look at verse 6. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I believe if the Father, yes, the sovereign of this universe, claimed Christ to be his king, yet have I set my king, I believe we ought to claim Jesus to be our king as well. What God has determined to be will be done. What God has decided will come to pass. God's divine purpose, which is centered in His Son, Ephesians 3 verse 11, will not be disturbed or even delayed and certainly not destroyed. All of man's attempt, looking back to Calvary, looking over history, looking forward to Armageddon, every attempt of man, and all of his little puny, rebellious, counsels will come to naught. Man has defied God's plan in his Son throughout the ages, and yet God's plan continues onward to consummation. It is so because Christ is God's anointed in Psalm 2 verse 2, 
He is God's king in Psalm 2 verse 6. He is God's son in Psalm 2 verse 7. He is the son in Psalm number 2 verse 12. God's purpose reveals so much about God's son. We saw Christ's anointing, yet have I set. We saw Christ's authority, my king. We saw Christ's acclaim upon my holy hill of Zion. The Father will inaugurate the Son as king upon his holy hill of Zion. What a day it will be. Coronation day, crowning day for Jesus as king of kings and lord of lords. Now today we look at verses 7 through 9 and we notice the position of the Son. He is equal to that of the Father, and He too is sovereign and fully God. He has been chosen. He is the Father's beloved choice that in Him should all the fullness of the Godhead dwell bodily. So He is fully man. He is fully God. And what we find is the Father's decree concerning what He has done and what He will do for His only begotten Son. So notice first then the declaration of the Son. Psalm 2 verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me. The Lord hath said unto me. I believe we are witnessing the speaking of our Lord Jesus. He is now the speaker and he is quoting for us or rehearsing for us one of those intimate conversations that took place within the councils of the Godhead. The Lord, my Father, hath said unto me. And thus Christ makes His declaration. It stands in great contrast with the declaration and the confession of men back in verse 3, where against the Lord And against his anointed, they said, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their courts from us. But God's purpose will not be disturbed, nor delayed, nor destroyed. And while the world is against the Lord's anointed, we find the Lord, the Father, the Sovereign, God is for him. And Christ makes a declaration, which thus is the decree of the Father. So Christ begins to quote, his father's decree, and a decree is something that is engraved into eternity. It is enforced in time, and it is something that God has already established as divine law in heaven and in earth and in hell. Nothing will change God's decreed purpose concerning his son. So let's look at the decree of the father which is a declaration of the Son as he rehearses what his Father said to him. Uh, First, a couple of words about his first coming. Verse 7, The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my Son. This is a word about Christ's relationship. Jesus Christ is the darling Son of God. The Father speaks personally to the Son, and reveals his pleasure, is centered in his dear son. Think of Matthew 3.17, and here he is saying, You are my son. Christ is God's express image in the incarnation. 
He is God's beloved choice for the bodily existence of the fullness of the Godhead. Think of Hebrews 1, 1 through 5. Think of Colossians 2, verse 9. He is the anointed one. He is the Son of God. And as such, he is the anointed prophet, Matthew 3, 17. He is the anointed priest, Matthew 17, 50. He is the anointed king, Hebrews 1, 5 and verse 6. But not only thou art my son, but the verse goes on, this day have I begotten thee. Here is a word about Christ's resurrection. If you look over to Acts 13, verses 15 through 33, note especially verses 32 and 33, this is a word about Christ's glorious resurrection. The begetting is not of his birth, but of his resurrection. God brought him forth, brought him up to life, raised him up from the dead. And thus the Spirit of God reveals through Paul that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise concerning the coming Messiah, and thus he is the guarantor of that everlasting covenant and has the only right to administer the sure mercies of David. Isaiah 55 and verse 3 is a good verse here to compare. Thus his first coming in verse 7. But Christ continues rehearsing this word from his Father, but now it is of his second coming. We begin our reading with verse number 8 here. Ask of me. Here is a word spoken of Christ's privilege. Since he is the beloved of the Father, Christ can ask him anything. Ask of me. There is an intimate relationship spoken of here. Then the Father speaks of Christ's portion. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Who was it raging at the beginning of Psalm number 2? It was the heathen who are now promised as an inheritance for the Son. The very one whom they rejected will reign over them in absolute power and authority. Consider the words of David in Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. But verse 8 continues, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. The Father speaks of Christ's possession. The day is coming when Christ will have divine dominion, according to Zechariah 9 verse 10, from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. The Father speaks of Christ's power. In verse 9, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Christ will rule with an absolute monarchy in the millennial. He will not stand for sin within his kingdom, and he meets out severe judgment against those who choose to oppose him and practice wickedness. The psalm speaks in the language of prophecy, which is always the language of power. You think of Revelation 12, verse 5, 19, verse 15, a rod of iron will be in his hand as he rules. Yes, the man-child Jesus, the holy child Jesus, whom they rejected, will be the Lord over all. And here we would reference that fuller fulfillment of verses 1, 2, and 3 in the battle of Armageddon. You can look up Revelation 14, verses 17 through 20, Joel chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, 
John saw them all gathered together according to the prophetic voice of the second psalm. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. The councils of war turned into the death of the armies and the destruction of the beast and the false prophet and all them which worship the beast. And Armageddon is over and the millennial kingdom is ushered in and Christ will rule and reign with that rod of iron. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.